Okay, welcome back. Welcome to Happy Holidays to all. It is Ted, Michael, Yogi, Teddy Yogi, Pac-12 Adventure, the holiday edition. And fellas, there's a lot of unexpected gifts that are happening around the Pac-12 and some surprises that are leaving the stocking. Keaton Slovis out. DTR, we don't know. Dan Lanning in. Rose Bowl coming up. Signing day happened. The schedule. I think we should even touch upon Urban Meyer gets bounced from Jacksonville. Like a lot is happening in the world of football. <laughs> Wait a minute. Happy- Yogi, don't bury the lead. It's the holidays. <laughs> Your son Zane just had a Christmas performance. This is what I'm seeing. This is dad Yogi going to his son's Christmas performance. Dad Molinari going to his daughter's balletic gem. And I'm the grandpa here. I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Thomas. The, I'm finding new Thomas the Train books for my grandkids for Christmas. So it's awesome. We have all we have all levels covered. <laughs> oh, of course we are presented by our friends at Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, Michael, how we living, man? Happy holidays. You're in basketball form already, bro. Well, it's funny. Uh, I had Stanford last night who survived Dartmouth in overtime, and. Uh, Two of the most notable alum from Dartmouth. We do that every time with our non-conference teams. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss, and Mr. Rogers. How about that? We spin yeah. it back to the kids. Pretty impressive. Know that. Yeah. There you go. There's my nugget nice. for the day. I nice. like it. All right. Theodore so what... guys old nice knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's start with Dan Lanning. Um, when that happened for you guys, curious your reaction. And then since it was announced. He's had a couple press conferences. They signed a couple guys in the early signing period. He's prepping for the CFP. But what your thoughts? Well, I'll I'll be brief. I, I appreciate we're not going into the recycle bin, which I think it's nice to give somebody that's proven they deserve an opportunity an opportunity. And uh, a lot of times, I think certain check writers would prefer the big name rather than maybe the person that can actually. <laughs> might actually perform the job well as what was Pete Carroll, the fourth or fifth pick for SC way back when. So we know Danny Lanning wasn't the first pick we found out later for sure. But uh, I think the guy deserves a shot. And I think, I think he's going to do a great job there. I really do. Um, yeah. A couple quick things. adding. I personally, I don't know Dan Lanning. I'd never heard of him until this year. Um, let's, let's, call it straight. The expectations at Oregon are extremely high. You've hired someone who six years ago was a GA, a GA. Okay. He's never been a head coach and you've taken him to now a place where he's going to be expected to go 10 and two next year, following on what Mario had built over his time. So that's a big ask. You've also gone to a place where they've gone for the last two coaches, which is outside the Oregon family. You've gone to a place where the football talent is, as I've pounded with you guys, this country each year is going to move more and more to the Gulf of Mexico. That's where the bulk of football talent in America is going to come from. So you've got a guy who's, who's rooted in that region, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the, the big question that we've addressed with other coaches who come west from other parts of the country is, do you connect to the culture? How do you connect to the culture? And then the other question we have to say is, you know, we're all, I mean, I certainly was stunned. I talked to someone who was a parent of a Cal football player the other day who tried to give me some enlightenment as I asked him, what was the story with Justin? I mean, the fact that Justin Wilcox, Oregon born and bred, Oregon, you know, through and through in his background, doesn't take the job. 
I mean, look, that's the Thunderbolt story of the week to me. Yeah, I'm with you on a bunch of fronts. We interviewed Justin on um, the signing day show earlier this week and just asked him, you know, hey, what are your thoughts? Kind of gave him the floor to talk about it. And it was pretty cool to, to hear him talk about, you know, obviously he's got great respect, as you said, Ted, to his alma mater, where he's played, where he grew up. His parents still live there. He yeah. visits them often, of course. Um, but he also said, like, there's a lot of reports out there about his happiness, right? I had, a, I had an assistant coach in this league text me, hey, is he going to leave Cal? Like, just for, just to leave? <laughs> and I, I was like, dude, you're crazy. And Justin's like, let me set the record straight. I know that the last two years in Berkeley have been a challenge, but I'm really happy here. He's like, I'm really happy. He goes, and if you look at our games and take away the, the reality and the cloud of COVID-19 and its impact on Cal's football program and its campus. He goes, we've been so close. He goes, I really think we can win the North here. And that's never been done. So I think like that's what gets overlooked is his happiness in Berkeley because of what he's gone through. And let me let, let, let us just be clear. There's no coach in the country that's 100% happy where he's at. There's issues at Alabama. There's issues at A&M. There's issues everywhere. Everybody's going to have to deal with them. Now, different. But but Justin wanted to be very clear. He wants to be a Cal. And I think you're going to see him be there for a while now. And I think you're going to see him almost, I don't want to see it, not like he needed to get reinvigorated, but a little different juice. So I'm excited. They're, they're going to probably add a quarterback yeah. in the portal. They've got a lot of pieces. Uh, so so we'll see. But you're right. It was it was huge news that he would not yeah. take take that job. The, the best, it's the best athletic news to me that Cal has had in years. I mean, Cal's going through, you know, just going through a lot of tough times. As you said, Berkeley health is, has, has, you know, made life more difficult there without question. The athletic department's financial issues have been significant. They're fighting their way out of it. And, and that's just a huge positive because we, I think we're all on record. You know, we worship at the altar of justice. I mean, and for me, that's such great news for Cal football. What an incredible lift that he turned down one of the two, right now, two signature programs in the same conference. And again, the place where he went, my goodness, that's, if you're Cal, that's the greatest compliment you could have received. I think there's a parallel between a couple of weeks ago when Lincoln Riley chose to come to the pack. And that kind of lifted the spirits of the pack fan base. And now Wilcox chooses to stay at Cal and the Cal fan base kind of has that feeling that, you know, maybe we're, it just, it just gives you a good feeling. And it was a good feeling for the pack in general a few weeks ago. And I definitely think it's a great feeling for the Cal fan base this yeah. week. Amen. All right. So a, a note on Dan Lanning, I could recall hearing from all of our, another man we worship at the altar of EJ Borghetti, University of Pittsburgh, SID hall of famer. And Dan Lanning began his career there. Now famously oh. he drove 13 hours through the night without an interview, but just the hope that he, might be able to work there and bang down the door of another friend of ours, Todd Graham, and got on his staff and just kind of volunteered, got started, began, began his coaching career. And everybody talked about the type of guy that he is, the type of man that he is. And then you look at obviously what he's done recently um, as, a, as a coordinator and where he's learned from. And, and that's where I go. I go to like, okay, we have this Nick Saban tree where it's evident his tree and there's been a million graphics on social media about where guys are now that have been on his staff kirby smart coming from that growing a young coach like this like I i'm excited for him 
And I'm excited because he is uh, a younger guy, and I don't see him. I don't see his ego get in the way and being like, I'm going to go get a bigger job for Oregon fans that are worried about that. And he said it in his press conference, and of course he would say it, but I believe it of like, he he understands how unique of an opportunity this is, to Ted's point. This is one of the two premier jobs right now in this league that are just yeah. elevated. And here it is, it's handed to him. The best thing he has going for him, though, I'll say this, is I think Rob Mullins, because he's going to need somebody that he can work walk through this process with. And I think Rob is as good as there is in the country, right? He sat as the chair as the CFP. He understands college football, the landscaping. What they do with NIL is incredible. Like, I just think that's a great person for him to take a big job with and be guided along the way because he's still going to be the first time he's doing this. He's got to have a young staff, at least yeah. it looks like right now. Uh, so I'm excited. I've already put the request in, fellas, that we call their spring game. So hopefully that <laughs> comes to fruition. Well, well, listen, that's Molinari. I mean, if Molinari yes. wants something done, it gets done. <laughs> no problem. Wait a minute. First of all, Yogi, you said there's problems at Alabama? Hey. What, do they run out of marinara rat. sauce in the, in the, in the calf? Or what's, the rat what's poison. The, the, rat, the rat poison. The rat poison. <laughs> so I wanna, he drove 12 hours through the night without a guaranteed payday. I yeah. mean, I've driven 12 hours through the night, but never without a guaranteed payday at the other <laughs> exactly, end. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't drive 12 minutes there. <laughs> I know you. Hey, but, but let, me, let me just say this about age. Because as the, as the grandfather in the group here, and as someone who got a lot of things, uh, opportunities when I was a young guy, I know it's very easy for people to bristle about the age. And, and, and I will say two things to that. I'm going to give you a name, Sean McVay. Yep. And I know when Sean McVay was being interviewed for NFL jobs, I know there was, uh, there were some quarters that just were felt it was too soon. Sean McVay has answered that question brilliantly in the NFL. And one of the great things he did, one of the smartest things he did right away was hire a grizzled defensive guy when he started. So he said, okay, I know what I know, which is offense. I also know what I don't know, yeah. defense. And he hired a grizzled guy to run his defense. So I don't know Dan Lanning, but I'm saying to me, that's the, the one thing I would look at for someone young jumping into a high profile job as his first coaching job with a lot. And I hope as you so well said, Yogi, I hope Rob Mullins can be the filter and make sure it's just one voice and not a lot of other voices. Cause at schools like that, we all know I'm a graduate of a school like that where there could be too many voices and you have to have a filter. And, and I hope Rob, because Rob is such a wonderful guy and a great AD that he is that guy. But that's one thing I'm going to look for is that does he have some experience around him? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting in this era of college football too. players, they do and they lean into what is immediately sexy. Right. So we saw it happen with Lincoln Riley. I talk to recruits yeah. all the time. We just said signing day. We'll yeah. get to there in a minute. Um, they don't care that, for instance, SC had X amount of first round draft picks. And other than Marcus Mariota, most recruits, it's whatever about the history of Oregon's program. It's about like what just happened. So I think him coaching in the CFP, coming from Georgia, I think we saw, I think deleted now, but I think Noah Sewell immediately after Mario left for Miami, I think he sent out a tweet with like the eyes going to the side. And of course, everybody went online. and was like, is he going to Utah? Is he going back home? Right? I think now we see uh, the Oregon players be like, okay, I'm good. 
And that's what I would recommend. And and I feel strong about this. Like the jumping ship immediately is the flavor of the year right now mm -hmm. because the portal is so unique, right? We've seen guys like Nico Ramijo hop into the portal. This is a captain. This is the face of Cal's team. I hope he comes on back, right? Because I think guys are looking to see what's out there. And then we're seeing a lot of them return. Uh, I think we may see some of the top players in this league. Uh, there's a running back, Chip Trainum. Uh, we'll see where he ends up, rumored to come back. So I, I just would say to the Oregon players listening, I'm glad that none of you have jumped right into the portal because yeah. you've got the most talented roster in the league. This yeah. team was built to win this season. Big. I talked to Mario after we called Utah, who was it, Washington? No, Oregon State, Washington State. They had a buy, and I talked to him, and, and I was like, hey, rumored for a bunch of jobs. And he said, I don't want to go anywhere. Now, Miami wasn't rumored to be open at the time, uh, but he goes, we're built to win next year. And that's what I took away, whether it's Ty Thompson or a portal guy, we'll see, or Robbie Ashford, we'll see who their quarterback is because our roster is built to really make noise that, next year. With That's your caveat. They have to have a quarterback. Amen. Quarterback, a quarterback that can get them where they want to go. Yeah, that, that's, and uh, and here's the other point. I'm, I'm uh, now. You said something I didn't know about Nico Remigio, but I I also I'm, I'm asking a lot of basketball coaches about this right now because we're morphing our world into basketball season about the portal and all that. And and I was talking to somebody from one of our schools last week, and I said, you know, what what do you get in your snail mailbox right now? That's all catalogs, right? Right from Thanksgiving on, it's all catalogs. So that to me, that's what these kids are doing. They're Christmas shopping. They're Christmas shopping. Yeah. And the vast majority of these kids are never going to play in the NFL. They're never going to experience NFL free agency. So now they do. They're getting a taste of free agency. And they're sampling. Yeah. And they're going through all the catalogs to see what might catch their eye. And as you said, Yoke, hopefully there is wisdom around these players, people with wisdom that can help steer them and help them make the best possible decision. Um, and that's none of, for none of us to judge. But, yeah, it's just – to me, that's where I'm trying because the portal's not going anywhere. So to, to rail about it is just silly. It's a waste of our energy. I'm trying to, to put the best possible uh, reality grip around it, which to me, that's what, when I hear the names that are in the portal right now, that's what I'm thinking of. I think it's interesting how we've evolved to a couple years ago, you go in the portal and that's, oh, you're almost a trader to your school. And, yeah. and now it's yeah. like, you go in the portal and it's just, well, I'm just shopping around. I might come back. And I, I don't know. I don't think it, it sounds it two, three years ago. That sound, it would sound so odd, but looking at what the coaches have done lately, it's really hard to, so, to vilify any players for doing that for goodness sake. Right. All right, guys. So here's the other headline that jumped out to me this week, Anthony Penix quarterback from Indiana quarterback them when they had some real good run a couple of years ago portal Washington after Jake Hayner reportedly going to go back to Washington to follow Kalen DeBoer and then doesn't go now a quarterback does go that knows Kalen DeBoer and you still have Sam Heward there and so that's the other I mean that's just that's that's that to me when I saw that news about Penix I went whoa how'd that happen yeah my, Michael Penix um Michael Penix I'm sorry thank you yeah yeah no worries yeah I, I I'm with you I when I when we saw the Jake Hayner news, and and I and I love what you just said, Michael, because I think all fans out there need to take a beat before lighting up a kid when they make a decision yeah. that might be a little quick. You know, like Jake is an awesome young man, and we're gonna 
possibly call two of his games this year. They host Oregon State, and then they go to USC, right? So we're going to see him with Jed Tedford, I'm sure, on the Pac-12 Networks again. Uh, with that said, I was like, okay, almost good for Washington and Kalen DeBoer. Like, like you don't want to do that in my eyes necessarily. You got Sam Heward there, who I think can straight up deal. Yeah. And we know the story of him. And now here comes Michael Penix Jr. out of Indiana, who two years ago had an incredible season. This year wasn't obviously what Indiana fans had hoped. So we'll see. I'm, I'm so curious. They, they didn't talk about him on signing day because it wasn't officially released by the school. So we know how that goes. So we haven't really gotten a comment from their coach. But, like, I don't know. Like, how – of course, the, the line will be, like, everything is open for competition, and that's fair, and that's how it should be. But I, I wonder the impact of that. Let's take to, to where we are in L.A. Dylan Gabriel from UCF goes to UCLA. And what I loved about that was that when he announced it, take it for what it's worth, but, like, first comment on his Instagram page was Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Like, let's go. Now, we don't know what DTR's future is, and Dylan has a couple of years of eligibility, yes. I believe. Um, but it's just going to be an interesting element to the dynamic of management of a locker room, right? NIL is already one. Like guys get paid that maybe don't play, or you know, all that, all those dynamics are going to be a part of a locker room. This one's going to be one too. And I talked to a couple head coaches this week for signing day, and they're like, the problem is like our team's going to be really tight, right? Because is a guy coming in like Charlie Brewer, we, we know what guys do when it's their last year and the sense of urgency. But now, like when I'm coming in with maybe two or three years of avail availability, and I don't play. What does that do to the position room? What does it do to recruiting? What does it do to younger guys? Like Sam Heward is younger from a classification standpoint than Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. So what do you see? You just got jumped. So the management's going to be a challenge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the way. Are there, is there egos in the quarterback room, Yogi? <laughs> <laughs> well, Yogi knows about egos in the wide receiver room. I don't know how fit. I don't know how fits put up with you. <laughs> you know me neither i'll say this david shaw told me this years ago and i believe it to be true that he said there's only so much oxygen in a quarterback room yeah and he yes. felt there was room i believe for like three guys and i believe that so all three scholarship quarterbacks i think you should have four one walk on but three scholarship guys feel like they got a chance but there's the other school of thought as well of like well let me just load up with six guys because i know three are going to leave Right, because then what situation do you end up in? Right, like, what is SC going to be? Keaton Slovis is in the portal now, rumored to possibly land in our league. There's, I know a bunch of schools that are on him. Jackson Dart is the presumed starter. Miller Moss is still there. Well, if Jackson gets named the starter after spring, does Miller leave? And then it's Jackson and now Ted, yeah. you're in your world of the NFL. It's it's a backup that might not win a bunch of games. Yeah. Right, and your margin for error oh, is so small. Exactly. And that's and I talked, uh, I talked to Chip Kelly about this very question, Michael, that you raised during our season this year. And Chip said he thought three, three quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And he said yeah, they have to be at the three levels. You have a guy who's at the end of his run, the guy that's in the middle of his run, and then the guy that's coming in, new kind of breaking in as the apprentice, which is very much the NFL model in terms of you have a starter who's clear, you have a backup that's your emergency guy, and then you have a practice squad guy who's the draft pick who's the Jake Browning or somebody like that, that you hoping may develop over two or three years. So that was interesting. So Chip answered the, and I think that's a very, in my view, guys, that's a very realistic way to look at the college quarterback room in today's, the present day structure. 
Yeah, um, I'm down with that. All right, so we're going to get to uh, the the college signing day here in a minute. But before we get to that topic, if you're looking for ways, it's the holiday season to skip the trip to the post office, dodge all the hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. And it just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online, running an office, or you got a little side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during these holidays. How? By allowing you access to all post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and getting the discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. And in 2021, heading into 2022, if you're still going to the post office, instead of using stamps.com, it's like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. And if you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. You're gonna save time, you're gonna save money, and you might wonder why you didn't start sooner. So join stamps.com now, save time and money this holiday season, and sign up with a promo code Yogi for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Yogi. So with that said, we called a bunch of Stanford games this year, guys. I don't think any of us would have thought that they would have the number one class in the Pac-12 in the early signing period. And that's exactly what David Shaw pulled in. When you saw that happen and how they finished, and I want to talk about Arizona as well. They're a top three class in the Pac-12, and we're recording this Friday at 10 a.m. There's huge news later today in some of the biggest prospects on the West Coast. But those two schools, Arizona and Stanford, two of the top three classes in the Pac-12, according to 247. Yeah. I think it's interesting the correlation you would – the natural thought would be the correlation would be success on the field leads to success in recruiting, but there's sort of this inverse relationship to, you know, lack of success on the field this year for Stanford and Arizona might've led to some people thinking, Hey, maybe I could play a little sooner. I, I mean, I'm just, it's more a, what can I do right now? So perhaps that drew some people in thinking there might be some space for me to get on the field with the way, frankly, both those teams underperformed this year. I mean, that's, that's my inverse look at that. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, I, I, you guys know, I'm not, I don't do the star thing. I don't care about that rating nonsense, but having lived there a long time, I know when Stanford recruits and they're recruiting and they have to be judged differently than everybody else because their recruiting pool is different than everyone else. Their standards are just different. That's just reality. David Shaw is the first person to embrace that. So the point is that they, in my view, they had not, maybe they had not uh, competed as well in that pool the last couple of years as they needed to. And we saw the results on the field. They apparently did this year, which is great. That's great news. And Stanford, as, as we all know, <laughs> they, they have so much to sell. And if you can sell the admissions office, <laughs> then, then I mean, why would you not want to go play there for a coach as, as honorable as David, as accomplished as David uh, in, in, facilities that have been much improved um, we all know the grad transfer issue i'm funny how many coaches i still talk to that don't necessarily get around the conference that aren't aware you know it's at stanford <laughs> they tell they tell can you get into grad school and then call me we'll see if we can get you on the team 
after that. It's not, it's, 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 just, it's just different. So that's an excellent thing. Um, Arizona, I was in Tucson Wednesday and there was a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement in Tucson. And that was nice to see um, that. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just nice to see in a place that's really a basketball. It's a basketball school where football has always tried to catch up and has done so in just spurts. And now Jed Fish is selling hope. And that's what recruiting and signing day really is. You're selling hope. Well, Jed Fish did a great job, apparently, you know, right? And, yeah. and, and made an impact. And made an impact in Southern California, which is one of the few places outside of the Gulf of Mexico where you can still score well in recruiting. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a name because I know how much you guys love Jaden Delora. Noah Fafita out of Orange County. They call it Juice County now. And they were joking that Tucson should be called Juson because of so many players from Juice County, right? So there's a huge element in recruiting yeah. there for the recruiting nerds listening to this. But I just think, remember that name, okay? Noah Fafita. Because I think this guy might be the answer for them at that position. He's, he's my size. He's 5'11". He's much like Jaden Deloro. And he plays a lot like him. He is yeah. kind of like the lore of him has grown in Southern California as he's competed and won major chip on the shoulder. He might be the piece for Jed to build around. Now, from context, let's just go to 2015. They were ranked, for whatever it's worth, 9th, 2016, 9th, 2017, 10th, 2018, 19th, 20th, 21st, 11th in recruiting classes. We could say in we're one of our – In the, in in the, the conference, conference, you said. Yeah, exactly. So the bottom of the league – so I'm with you on the star ranking, like whatever. We've seen five stars never play. We've seen no stars uh, become Devin Lloyd, right, and win the player of the year in the league and be a first-round pick. But to finish with one win, but finish third in the league, 35th in the country, it just sends a message that football matters. Like, Ted, you taught me this, and I steal it all the time from you on interviews, where it's like when a team has hope, that's when they're scary. And when they don't, it's when you make a change. And this just program has some hope right now. That's and, exactly. And, and that's just where now they got to win. We're going to get to their schedule in a minute. It's not easy. They kick it off at San Diego State. Then they got your boy Leach, Mississippi State at home. And then they go to, then they have North Dakota State coming in, who is a transfer quarterback from Virginia Tech. And Quincy Patterson is pretty talented. So it's not going to be easy to get some wins. They yeah. need to do that. But I like the class. I, I actually Good. love the class. And, and Yogi, I'll just second by quickly saying that's what I felt in Tucson. That's a perfect word. And I was there for basketball, obviously, but I could tell there was hope. And that's I hadn't felt that around football there, you know, probably since the early years of Rich Rod when they when they had some things going. And so, wait a minute, Mississippi State's playing at Tucson next year. Week two. Does does, does Arizona owe Leach any money? Is he going to go in there so. asking for a paycheck? <laughs> I mean, that's apparently the deal now. Leach just plays people that owe him money. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that was a classic <laughs> quote. Um, real quick before we get to the schedule, I want to give a note on Stanford. Uh, they get David Bailey, who's one of the top edge rushers in the country. I think he's one of the best players on their team immediately. Mid-year enrollee, right? It's becoming now a norm for them. They got a guy named Sam Rausch. We're going to talk about him a ton. Mid-year enrollee at tight end. He played at Lipsicum Academy. Why? Trent Dilfer is the head coach there. They won the state title this year. I talked to their staff, and they, and they said this, and this is unfair to say to the kid. They go, he's like Gronk. He could do everything. He's a massive human, played defensive end, did everything. Uh, they get a guy named Moody Rubin, who is the biggest sleeper in the league, in my opinion, a wide receiver. He's only played two years of football as a soccer player. Very raw, mid-year. The theme for Stanford, and it's important to know, is that all these schools are bringing in mid-year guys for the last decade. 
stand for yeah. the last two years, right. they can do it. Absolutely. That's a great call, Yogi. And, and I'm going to say before we switch off of signing day, we have to say, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't directly impact the Pac-12, but it's going to. The tsunami, and that's the word I was given by some other people, tsunami for college athletics of signing day was Deion Sanders. Yeah. And the young man that he flipped from Florida State to go to Jackson State where Deion is the head coach, which is, is the, the football element is just so smothered by the fact that there are reports, multiple reports that I've read from business sources that this young man has NIL deals worth $2 million in place, including from Barstool. Yeah. Okay. That's a tsunami. That's not recruiting. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's you know it's going to be interesting about that, and uh, a lot of coaches I talk to, like there was a player in our league that flipped to another school, and you know there's always rumors of unique deals happening now with NIL. Right, NIL is not supposed to in, uh, there's no pay for play, right? But basically, that's we we know right. what is kind yeah. of insinuated, yeah. and yeah. what the coach said in this league was, "Hey man, go uh go ahead, go to that school for a year, get your money, and then come on back." Yeah. So, like, what, what are we going to see, right? Quinn Ewers, rightfully so, left high school early because Texas wouldn't let him make money, went to Ohio State, made over a million bucks, played in three or four snaps, and now he's with Sark at Texas. Yeah. I, I can't hate on anybody in that situation, but no. that is the tsunami that you're referencing. That's you, it. That's the point. Yeah, it's not about the players. It's just about the system. And, and the, as I'm a believer in pendulums. And the pendulum was way for a century about college athletics was way tilted at one end. The pendulum has swung and it's way at the other end now. And that's where I believe, and I don't know if I'm going to live long enough to see it, but eventually there'll be some sanity that will come back and the pendulum will get somewhere in a middle ground that will be sane for everybody. Uh, right now, it's just crazy the other way. And that's why when we saw this and I saw the 2 million, he's the first, he won't be the last. <laughs> Let's let's not forget the reason you go to college, you pay somebody to give you the tools to leave and make money. That's the point of college. And you're writing a big check to get those tools to make money. So if people are using college in ways to make money, that that really is the point. So let's not try to make it sound like that's not what this is about. That's why you're our business insider. <laughs> like, come on. That sounds like a Syracuse mantra to me. <laughs> Their price just, keeps going just, up. I'll tell you just, that. Just me. But. As someone who's going to be writing those checks next year, <laughs> I see it. I'm very close to it right now. Uh, all right. Before we get to our next section here, um, just a note on SC and recruiting, because it's fair to note. Uh, take a picture. Go to 247sports.com. Take a picture where SC sits in recruiting. They are 10th currently in the Pac-12. That ain't going to happen again. They're gonna, they might get a couple guys later today, um, and they've got a top-five class next year. And talking to Lincoln Riley on signing day, his quote, I believe, was, we're about to overhaul this roster. So we'll see what happens. As, we, as we're there in the spring, we'll do their spring game, of course, and then I'm sure, I'd imagine we call their opener. They got Mike Bloomgren and uh, – um, uh, uh, Tui, uh, Marcus Tui Asopo, the OC at Rice, coming to town. I'm, I'm excited to watch this thing build, and and I'm bullish. Somebody asked me last night if there's one team you would buy. You know, if we were talking stocks, Trojans, and I doubled down on sure. where they're going sure. with this new head coach. 
And so here's, and to that point, Yogi, here's my last thing on, on the signing stuff, because I've long preached to you that my measure of a recruiting class is draft day. Amen. So the, so the other night, uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper ESPN did their first mock draft. First round. So it's early and all, all those caveats are, are valid. 32 players, three from the pack, three, Thibodeau, obvious, Devin Lloyd, obvious, Drake London. And that to me was jarring about where Pac-12 football has resided. It's, it's a result of where we've resided the last couple of years. One offensive skill position player in the first round out of the entire Pac-12, you nuts. Yeah. And we know it's not a great year for quarterbacks, so that, that was part of it. But that's to me when you say Lincoln Riley and what Dan Lanning, everybody hopes Oregon will happen with David Shaw will bring back at Stanford is the fact that two or three years from now, we see that at its seven guys in the first round for the pack. That's what that's to me is going to be the validation of this. Copy that. All right. So let's go for a few minutes here on the schedule. Uh, I think it's important to know the schedule just came out and go to pack-12.com right now, get your composite, print it out, go win, loss, circle game, whatever. And we'll see who you think will end up in the champ game in Vegas again. Uh, a couple notes, 10 of the 12 teams play each other when coming off a bye. That to me is like the biggest note that I took away from that. So nobody, like Stanford, they don't have that because their schedule is a little different than everybody based on some of their non-con games, specifically Notre Dame. Um, but everybody other than Stanford, their buys are in weeks six through nine. I think it's important to note. Um, this schedule goes from 100 to 12 to three options, and then the ADs uh, end up choosing where to roll. And I think some of the games that stand out to me, fellas, I don't know if you'd agree, but I look at Utah, guess where they go in week 12? Just like this year, just flip the site, they go and play Oregon. So will we see a similar situation like we saw this past year? Who knows? I look at UCLA. I think UCLA's got a chance to start off 5-0, and and then they host Utah. And then they have a bye, and then they go to Oregon. I love those games. And then to kick it off, uh, Dan Lanning plays Georgia. I know it says neutral site, but it's a complete road game. They go to Atlanta to play his former team and Kirby Smart. Um, and then I look at Utah. They go to Florida. So if Utah is able to win the Rose Bowl, they'll finish top five. They'll be top five. And then they go to Gainesville. If they win, they'll be able to carry that win, much like Oregon carried Ohio State all season long. So those are some of my big takeaways from signing day or from uh, the schedule release. Schedule, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy that uh, the Pac-12 decided to follow the USC, or excuse me, to follow the SEC model. Why would you have your good teams play each other? Senseless. You get two teams in the playoff doing that. So USC and Oregon miss, which is the only part of the schedule thing to me that makes any sense at all. Is who do you not play? Yeah. And USC and Oregon don't play this year. Um, Washington, for Kalen DeBoer's first year, probably on paper gets a nice break. His two misses are Utah and USC. That's probably good. Um, and the other thing I noticed is that after winning the Pac-12 this year, BYU is only going to play two conference games this year. What's going on? <laughs> Come on. And you know who plays the most conference games this year? Notre Dame. Yeah, because Cal. Cal, and let's call it what it is. It's a money game. Cal has a money game. Cal's playing at Notre Dame this year. And Cal's athletic department, as has been well documented, is in some, again, digging its way out of a pretty significant financial hole. That's one way to do it. 
So uh, Notre Dame not only plays Stanford and USC, but they also play Cal this year. So they're playing more conference games than BYU or San Diego State. How about that? The only thing on my schedule is the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle coming up on Saturday. That's what I'm focused on right now. By the way, if you didn't see Oregon State's appearance on Kimmel, it's a must watch. Uh, wow. Go to the yeah, go to Oregon State's football site. They put it up there. Okay. The uh, the joke about I won't say it, but the joke Jimmy had about what Corvallis sounds like is uh, it's uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> You'll enjoy that one, Ted. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Did I hope that I hope that at least Jimmy had China D catering or he, State's appearance? I, I think studio. they may Come have. On. They may have. They may have. And the hammer made an appearance and had a little joke. So it was, uh, it was good. It was, it was really, it's, it's two minutes of your time, but it's worth watching. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's a fun one this weekend. I'm bringing the whole family. We're going to SoFi. We're going nice. to check that one out this weekend. And the bowls of course, get rolling in the PAC 12, six bowl games, concluding with the Rose bowl. Uh, I'll be there for that one. I know you guys will be doing hoops and watching that, um, as your games were going, it's going to be a awesome environment. Utah is pumped. We talked to Kyle Whittingham earlier this week. It's going to be fun. And I think we're in an era where a lot of guys, I saw my guy, Kenny Pickett, right? He bowed out of a, a legit bowl game in the Peach Bowl. Kenneth Walker, his opponent, bowed out of that game. Wait a minute. Who is playing in these weed whacker, milk totally. and magnesia bowls? <laughs> Who's playing? I mean, and that say for us is the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl or the. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, I'll say this it? Dear NCAA. <laughs> Because these bowl games, there's going to be so much discussion around the players who aren't playing. Yeah. Make it as one of the four games, or don't don't let it count as one of the four games for freshmen. Let anybody play in this game and it not affect their eligibility. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like let me go see Ty Thompson play for Oregon, right? If Anthony Brown chose to not play, now he's not. He's going to play in this game. But like in that instance of Pac-12 fandom here. Um, if your best players are going to opt out to train, cool, but let the young guys play. Like, don't Absolutely, screw them because okay. they played four exactly. in the season. That's right. a great call. And, let, and let me, real quickly, what do you guys think? Very, just very quickly, of my take, make just quit the facade of these bowl games. They're meaningless. Just make it a 13th regular season game. I'm in. I'm into that. I mean, I, I like the break for finals. I'd like to see more games this weekend, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, like just make, make so it we, make it a thirteenth game instead of just calling it some silly bowl game that nobody goes to in this facade of well to reward. No, 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 just make it. It is what it is. It's another game. Unfortunately, just like Washington, those making the decisions are influenced by other factors than just what's the right thing to do. Leave it at that. The business insider. Meaning, meaning, <laughs> meaning, meaning your pension plan, Michael? Is that what we're talking For about? <laughs> some, I mean, uh, some of the stories about some of the salaries of some of these people running these bowls is, is there's a book there. There's a book on the bowls at some point. There is um, a book there. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be a book, and I just want us to think about this, because the next time we get together, there'll be a coaching turnover in the NFL, right, in the new year. Did Urban Meyer's disastrous fall in Jacksonville will it impact other college guys going to the NFL I think it's fair to talk about or think about and ponder yeah. over the course of our next uh, couple weeks as things change I don't think so um from uh, at least like the Ryan Day Matt Campbell those types of guys you referenced Sean McVay earlier some of those rising stars in college football I wonder though if like some of the guys that have been around the block a little bit like will it impact Dabo Sweeney 
he just lost his AD of both coordinators in the last week. Like, will it if you're a owner of an NFL team? I don't know, Ted. You spent more time in the league. Well, well, I would just I would look at it. I think it's it's the classic two sides of the coin. Okay, from the NFL side, that's been a question for decades. Does it, you know, does it translate? Do we hire a college guy and does it work in the pros? And we can count through multiple examples of failures where it hasn't worked. Probably only, uh, which is a guy I worked with, obviously, Lou Holtz was probably the only one. And Bobby Petrino would be the other one, I would say. Those two that failed at the same level as Urban Myers, and Myers is probably more extreme. But my, my point would be, does the NFL get scared away by saying, look, we've just got to keep bringing through our own pipeline people that understand the NFL world and the NFL culture. And if I'm on the college side, I'm sitting there thinking, Jackson State just got the number one recruit for $2 million. And uh, I've got 17 guys that just decided to go try free agency in the portal. Why wouldn't I go to the NFL? Why wouldn't I follow Matt Rule, who had a, an elect, you know, really meteoric rise, a couple of years at Temple, a couple of years at Baylor, and bang, he goes to Carolina. Why wouldn't I find? And that's what I think personally. That's where I think the trend will be to watch first is more college guys looking at. I don't want to deal with this stuff. I'll go to the pros where at least it's all on the table and it's business and we there's an orderly free agency process, an orderly draft, et cetera. Yeah, I'll say it one more time. Whoever is listening, build a building and put somebody in the top floor that follows and or has some oversight to Power 5 football. Build another building and another floor oversee Ivy League football. And on your way down, like right now we've got no oversight. Like our sport is, you used Tsunami earlier, the sport feels like that right Absolutely. now because there's no rules. There's no rules. So that's, uh, with that, that that's, yeah. can I, can with I give that, you one since yeah, you, you threw up, if you were the commissioner of college football, can we, can't a linebacker be number 154? <laughs> like, why can't we just add a one and make little three digit numbers and get rid of the double, the double numbers. Okay. Yes. Who wouldn't want to, what receiver wouldn't want to be the first number one Oh seven. <laughs> All right, so that's just my – if I was commissioner for a Dude. day, a one is very skinny. It'll still fit on the jersey, and it would really help out a lot. It would be, it would be area codes. 805, That's fine, too. That's fine, all right. too. Uh, all right, so before we finish with Michael's humanity moment of the week, a uh, quick message from our sponsors at BetterHelp. Is there something that is preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? If there is, let us tell you about BetterHelp. It's professional help done securely online. Go to betterhelp.com slash yogi to check it out right now as you're listening. BetterHelp will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's very convenient, and you can start communication in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's an avenue to accessing professional therapy without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. It has licensed professionals who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, as well as relationship and grief counseling. You can message your counselor at any time and get timely, thoughtful responses. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions as well. Find the particular expertise you need online. Do not limit yourself to only counselors located near you. And you can do it in a manner that might be more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. And many people have been using BetterHelp. But they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you want to help yourself, if you need a little support, 
Dive in, and as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash yogi. Join over the 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash yogi today. And here we are coming off signing day, the portal. All I'll say to fans listening is kick back on social media with these players. Because we saw it in the champ game with Anthony Brown. We've seen it in the portal. We've seen it in recruiting. Not cool. Find something better to do with your life than light up an 18 or 21-year-old student-athlete. So with with that, I'm off my soapbox, Michael. Yeah, that was Um, good. A yogi soapbox. A very very rare yogi soapbox. I like that. Uh, um, My humanity is going to be a concern and a couple observations. Um, I think think we all knew going into the season how awesome it was going to be for the, the fans to be back. But you knew it, but then experiencing that energy, enthusiasm, and joy they brought back to the games, uh, you know, at times it was like emotionally overwhelming. But let's hope we can avoid returning to empty stadiums and arenas. I mean, the Canary in the coal mine right now, UCLA basketball, they've shut down. They're not playing this weekend. They've gone into a stoppage. And you see it sporadically, which is kind of like what it was. It started sporadically, and then all of a sudden we just stopped, and we didn't have anyone in the stands. So I think I just encourage everybody to keep their guard up. And if you can be motivated by anything, think about where we were a year and a half ago. So just let's keep our guard up. This thing isn't over, and I think I'm concerned about what I'm seeing right now, and hopefully we're going to stop it before we get back to where we were. So uh, do our best. Um, so that was my, that's my concern. A couple observations. I was driving the girls to school the other day and uh, I didn't see a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac, but rather a biodegradable bamboo placard on a Tesla. But it said, don't believe everything you think. And I thought that was a very interesting statement. And obviously the knee jerk reaction is, yeah, all those people, what you think is wrong. And, you know, the, the people who don't believe what I believe are wrong, but actually Maybe it's more important to think that you could be yourself and let's open up to the possibility of listening to the other side and allowing your ideas to be challenged. And, you know, actually that's a strength rather than a weakness to let your ideas be challenged and rethink them and think about them. So you might not change what either of you think, but it may allow us for some common ground, which sadly has become uh, far too uncommon these days. And then maybe the best thing I've seen in a while, uh, I was going through Twitter and normally it's all about fake outrage, but, but this was actually genuine outreach. If you didn't see it, please search for Jim Finch, who's a man who saw what happened in Kentucky. He put a grill on his pickup truck and he piled a bunch of food in and he just drove right in and set it up and started cooking for people in this desolate, destroyed area and someone asked him why are you doing it and he said it needed to be done and i think jim finch by his actions showed us what the greatness of america is all about it's not about who you vote for or our philosophies but rather the greatness comes from our actions and the humanity we provide by putting needs of others first so jim jim finch thank you for what you did but more importantly thank you for the example that you provided Amen, man. Well, that's a good one. Plus, you found plus you found out you found out Walt is driving a Tesla. Nice job, Michael. 
<laughs> the bamboo placard. But yes, no. I, if you didn't see it, please go go look yeah. Jim Finch up. It 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 says it, it's what we need. Copy that. Well, this podcast has been what we need. It's been a joy all year long, guys. Um, I don't know. This is twenty some of this season. I don't know. We've done probably almost a hundred together. Uh, it's been a, it's been a blast. So have a great holiday. I want to know you. That's the, that's a lie. You know I'm going to send you text. <laughs> but thank you Wait and to listeners. I, we want we want we want those bowl updates. I want to find out about the SoFi State. I still haven't been inside. I've heard oh, you guys so have good. both been in. I think yeah, that's terrific. I hear. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll uh, we'll send you whole some family going, that. Yogi. Oh yeah, we're rolling. Got right, a let us pass. know if you get through the but, entire game. That's what I want. Uh, zero chance. Zero. We already. <laughs> yeah. We don't even planning on it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Hey, right. th- and thanks to ever thanks to everybody that supported us because you know we've been doing this thing for a few years time and uh, we've been able thanks to our our new association reach more people and just keep Pac-12 football keep the conversation going and so we promise we will once we get through we're unwrapping and spoiling our kids and our grandkids and all that stuff so guys enjoy it have a great time we will all right everybody stay safe much love peace. thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.